So, this is my first attempt at a podcast. This is all new to me, so it's going to be really wonky in the beginning and the first few because I'm going to feel my way around this. But I felt kind of led and just, I guess I should say inspired to do something like this. I have, you know, this actually this past weekend, today is August the 3rd, 2020. And this past weekend, I was hanging out with a friend and just listening to things that he was saying he wanted to do in life. And it just really, really made me think all of my friends seem to have some sort of plan or something that they're working towards. And me, I don't have anything. You know, I've been sitting here saying that I've been stuck. I don't know what I want to do in my life. I just feel directionless. I have no idea. I've, you know, kind of dabbled and stuff, but then I got scared because it just seemed like it was too big and it was too much. So I ran away from them, (laughs) which is what I normally do. But I don't know, something about this weekend, it was just like, I got to do something with myself. I don't want to be stuck at the job that I'm at now forever and be a lifer there like most people are because it's a draining place. You know, I'm not getting any satisfaction out of that place. I'm not happy there. And, you know, I just, I guess this weekend was a wake up call. And I realized that I have to step out of my comfort zone in order to make good things happen. You know, in order to manifest the things that I want, I have to step out of my comfort zone. You know, I have a really hard time talking to people. I'm an introvert. I'm shy as hell. You know, I just... But I've fought pretty hard to get out of the shyness because I was actually a very painfully shy child. Painfully shy. But I've gotten out of that somewhat. But I'm still an introvert. But I realize the things that I want to do in life and the goals that I want to accomplish are going to cause me to have to step out of my comfort zone and to become a completely different version of myself, you know, which is scary because I don't, (laughs) I don't like people. I don't like talking to people. I'm not good at that anyway. You know, like I have an older sister who is extremely extroverted. You know, she is a people person and she can talk to anybody. Me, I can't. That's just not me. You know, but I know that I need to learn some of those types of skills in order to become successful in what I want to do in life. So this is kind of a stab at that. It's a little different because, I mean, it's a little less intimidating just for the fact that nobody's like in front of me speaking. But it's also kind of weird because I'm talking into a phone. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, microphone. So it's kind of like I'll probably ramble on because it's going to be a little weird. But basically, you know, this podcast is going to be a lot of just, I want to say hodgepodge, inspiration, you know, things into my life, struggles that I've had, maybe just some motivation for people or anybody. But I guess one of the things that I really want to accomplish in life is to just I want to be the reason somebody doesn't give up. That would be, even if it's just one person, that's that would be the biggest accomplishment to me. You know, I want to inspire people. I want to help people. And I want them to know that things will be okay. I definitely have been 
depressed since I was a child. I, you know, looking back now, I think I was probably depressed since I was early teen years, probably 13, 14. And I never really understood why. I just was always so depressed. And I mean, really, really depressed. I remember having a journal as a kid and it was just nothing but suicidal thoughts and just being so lonely and depressed. And, you know, I didn't feel like I could come and talk to my parents. You know, they weren't very open and approachable in my eyes anyway, because I had attempted a couple times when I was younger and those attempts did not end up being the way that I was expecting them to be. So I just shut down. And you know, maybe I should have given them more chances, but I was a kid, so I didn't understand. I didn't know. You know, all I knew is my feelings were hurt and that I can't talk to them. They don't listen to me. So I just kind of, and I don't want to say it was just one time. I know I tried a few times and it was never the responses that I was needing or wanting. You know, it was basically them just kind of hit me over the head with how I was feeling. So there was never any sympathy for me. And they were my parents, so I felt like they should have sympathized with me. But they didn't, so I didn't really speak on, I didn't speak up about stuff. So I really internalized everything. <clears throat> and so everything was just more so me trying to lash, rationalize life and the things that are happening in my life and my feelings. And, you know, as a kid, you don't know how to do that. So I just was a really depressed person. And I remember one year, I want to say it was probably my junior year, maybe a little earlier in high school, though, that I decided to make a radical change. You know, I just decided I'm not going to feel this way anymore. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to get a new perspective on life and everything's going to be good. And it was, you know, I, I like got myself out of my depression. I just like snap and it was a new day. I just decided, okay, I'm not going to feel like this anymore. I'm going to have this positive outlook and things are great and blah, blah, blah. And they were. They were for a while, a good while. I want to say maybe a couple of years. You know, I was doing well. And I just remember when I was younger, though, that I was just so motivated to do things. You know, I was always a heavier kid. Um, and actually, I wasn't that heavy. I was just bigger than most of the people because I went to school with a lot of, I'm a biracial female. So I had thighs, I had boobs, and I have hips. And so I went to school with a bunch of white girls who were skinny, you know, because they weren't making white girls like they do now back then. So they were just tiny. And so I was not fat when I look back at my pictures as a kid now, but as growing up, I definitely did because I didn't look like any of them. And, you know, I had the shape that nobody had and I just felt like I was fat. And, and then plus, you know, being in school with the whole predominantly white school, I wasn't exactly attractive to people. So I never really felt like I was beautiful. So... But I remember I got out of high school and my mom got remarried and we took pictures. Um, 
and there were the pictures came out and there was one of me my sister my mom and her new husband and we're standing there and I just remember looking at myself and I was like oh my god is that me like I just thought I was like the fattest person in the world I just was like oh my gosh I'm so big I can't believe this so as terrible as the sounds what I did was I took that picture I cut myself out and I put <laughs> under I wrote on a piece of paper and I posted it on my wall so I'd wake up every day and see this I put under the picture I wrote in big letters fat cow so I know that's terrible and people would be like I can't believe you did that and I had a lot of people say that to me too actually who'd come into my room and see that but it was motivating for me I lost I think I woke up every day and worked out and I you know fixed my eating and everything and I think I lost 40 50 pounds might have been even more I'm not sure but um but I dropped a bunch of weight and I looked amazing, you know, and it's just, it, I was so motivated back then, you know, fast forward years, years and years. Um, now I'm in my thirties and that motivation is like completely gone. <laughs> you know, I fall into depressions and I can't get myself out of them. It's not an easy, okay, let's just think happy tomorrow. We're going to be fine. Everything's fine. It doesn't work like that anymore. You know, I'll look in the mirror and see myself fat and be like, okay, I need to change. Yeah, well, I'm still going to go back on the couch and eat my ice cream because what was me? I'm sad. So I wish that I had that motivating force inside me like I did when I was younger. You know, and it just it upsets me that I don't because I used to be able to do that stuff. And I think that's another thing. I think that happens to a lot of people is we used to be able to do things and now we just can't get ourselves there. But we have to understand we're not those same people anymore because life has happened. Things have happened in life. You know, like me, I had a lot of unresolved trauma in life that I didn't realize that I had until I was walking around um, years ago. And I just remember being so angry. I was just mad at the world. And I didn't even know why. There really wasn't anything to be mad about. Like, my life wasn't great, but it wasn't, like, horrible. I didn't really have terrible, terrible things happening at the time. And I just, I didn't understand. I was just always so mad and I was so angry. And I knew something, I just knew something was wrong. And I was lashing out at people. Like, I was literally just lashing out at everybody. If you told me the word no, I was like, oh my goodness, I turned into the Hulk. It was like She-Hulk. And it was crazy. I was throwing a fit, I would throw temper tantrums, and it's just, it was so out of character for me, like so completely out of character for me, and I didn't know why, and I just felt this like heavy, super, super heavy weight on my shoulders, on my chest, just on my whole like physical being, I was exhausted, all I wanted to do was sleep, I didn't want to have any, any interactions with people, and so... Finally, I decided, I was like, okay, look, I've got to talk to somebody about this because something's wrong. Like, something is literally wrong. Now, I'd been in and out of therapy before. Like, I've tried it. I had tried therapy before, and I just never really felt like I connected with any of my therapists. They all just seemed kind of weird to me. So, I just was like, I kind of wrote it off for a little while. But this time, I decided I was going to try, you know, again, just for myself. And especially for other people because I didn't like how I was treating people. It was making me feel bad, you know, because I'd lash out and then I'd feel guilty and I'd feel horrible and I didn't want to keep hurting people because I don't like to hurt people. 
So I finally found this counselor and she was absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. She literally helped me through my life. (laughs) You know, she helped me to uncover issues that I had and why I was reacting the way that I was reacting. You know, and she really taught me about um, the inner child dynamic and just those issues that come with that. It was my inner child was screaming inside because there were things I wasn't doing and I wasn't paying attention to her. And so she wanted to be heard and she needed to be heard. And so I was fighting it but she was doing everything she could to get herself heard because she hadn't been heard so I realized then I had a whole lot of unresolved trauma see all my life I kind of felt like I didn't have the opportunity to say that I had a rough I almost don't even want to say that I had a rough upbringing but I did at the same time you know I had a I had a two-parent household. We had a nice house. You know, I didn't understand, you know, and then hearing, you know, when you hear people, they're like, oh, well, I only had my mom or I only had my dad or my dad beat my mom or my mom was a drunk or something like that. You know, and we didn't know when we were going to eat or what this. I had shoes. I mean, I had holes in my shoes and things like that. You know, you equate that to being a hardship. And I never had those. You know, I had my parents. I grew up in the house with both my parents. You know, we had food every night. We never wondered where that was coming from. We had lights, electricity, all that stuff. And I had my own room with a TV, a phone, you know, a CD player. I had all the nice stuff. So I felt like I couldn't say that I had a rough childhood by any means. But when I spoke to my therapist, she really broke a lot of things down for me. And she said, yeah, it was tough growing up the way you grew up because of, you know, X, Y, and Z. And, you know, and I realized that, and then I also felt I had a ton of guilt because I felt bad for blaming my parents. But then I realized that it's okay to because you know that nobody's perfect and people do a lot of fucked up shit to you you know and they don't realize it sometimes and you know there's no handbook when it comes to parenting but you know so i don't feel like any parent and no parent knows what to do so you know you try your best and that's and i know my parents did they definitely did try their best i feel like now knowing what i know now from having going to my therapist and just doing a lot of inner healing work, I realized, you know, my parents could only parent basically in the realm of parenting that they understood, which was from their parents, you know, and then my parents had their own unresolved trauma. And unfortunately, you know, that manifested with me and then my sister, you know, and how they, we were raised So, you know, my dad was a very hurting individual, very, very deeply hurt individual, you know, and my mom was too. My mom was a very timid and weak woman, and my dad was just very overbearing and strong and just would not bend or fold for anything. And it was, he could be a tyrant, you know, he could be really mean, my dad his most of his ways of communicating were he was always yelling and screaming 
you know, there wasn't a lot of positive reinforcement growing up. It was a lot of negative self-talk. It was a lot of negative connotations. And, you know, just... It was just a lot. It was... It was almost abusive. In my eyes, it was abusive. Because my dad was just... He was so overbearing. And I'm not making an excuse. You know, it was fucked up. I have a lot of issues to this day because of my dad. But I also have a lot of issues today because of my mom. And, you know, I just... I realized, though, my parents looking at their, when I really step back and take a look back at them, I see how they became to be who they were because of how they were raised and their house situations and the way their life went and the things that happened to them. So there's the understanding of why it happened, but there's also the, you know, misunderstanding of, well, why would you do this to me? But, you know, everybody, we all have unresolved trauma, but the one thing that everybody needs to do is everybody needs to take a chance on themselves and everybody needs to realize that their health matters and that their biggest part of health is mental health. You know, if you're not okay in the head, quote unquote, you need to get help. There's nothing wrong with asking for help. There's nothing wrong with seeing a therapist. I know there's a huge stigma on mental health, especially in the black community, you know, like, oh, you're crazy. You don't need to talk to anybody. And, oh, this isn't anything. They're not going to do anything for you. Why do you need somebody to tell you this? You should know it already. No, that you don't. You don't have all the answers. And sometimes you need somebody else to help unravel the mess that's inside your head and just help you make sense of it. And that's what my therapist did for me. You know, she really helped me to realize the issues that I had and that I was facing and how it all stemmed from my childhood. And, you know, things will come back one way or another. They will manifest themselves one way or another. If you continue to ignore, it's going to happen. And that's exactly what happened. My inner child, you know, I was ignoring her and I was neglecting her. And she was like, bitch, you're going to listen to me today. And so she just kept coming and she was super, super strong and I couldn't ignore her. So, you know, still to this day, I have issues. I still have plenty of issues. I, and I can't say that I've done everything that I should as far as the healing work. I definitely have answers now as to why I do what I do and why I feel the way that I feel and my reactions to certain things. But I haven't necessarily, I can't say that I've necessarily done all of the work that's, that I need to do. In order to, I suppose, fix myself or make myself better. But, so, that's things that I know I need to work on. But, um, getting back to, like, my childhood. Now, I don't want people to get a horrible uh, viewpoint, I guess, of my parents. Because I'm going to share some things about my parents, you know, growing up that aren't going to be very favorable. But, you know, I don't want people to think that I had horrible parents. You know, they just, they had their shortcomings. And I love my parents. I absolutely do. I definitely still butt heads with my dad. You know, we don't have the best relationship. But, um, you know, I, I love my parents. They are who they are. And I wouldn't trade them. Maybe. No. <laughs> um, but... 
like my mom. My mom is, I love my mom. Absolutely love my mom. My mom is an amazing woman. Absolutely amazing woman. But the hardest thing for me was guilt for feeling anger towards her. When I was absolutely justified to have anger. But I felt bad because my mom is type 1 diabetic. She's been that since she was 9. And you know, if anybody knows anything about diabetes, it's an absolute, especially type 1, it's an absolutely awful disease to have because it just takes a huge toll on your body, you know, after the years. And she's had it for, you know, since she was 9. And my mom's in her 60s now. But um, when she was in her 40s, I think it was about her 40s. Yeah. Um, she started going downhill and, you know, she got sick, really sick. Um, she started experiencing kidney failure and all this stuff. And so my mom's just had a host of issues. You know, she's had a stroke. She's had two heart attacks. She's had all just so many issues. We've almost lost my mom. I don't know how many times. It's just a miracle. And thank God every day that my mom still walks this earth because I love my mom and I need my mom. But I felt guilt for feeling any ill any ill feelings towards her because of how sick she was and I felt like I was a bad daughter because I was ang- I would be angry with her when I look back at things and that was one of the hardest things that I've had to deal with and I still do feel guilty when I get angry or if I think about certain things in my life that have happened and you know, she may not necessarily have had my back or she didn't stand up for me. And, but I think one thing that we need to understand is it's okay to have anger towards our parents. You know, we don't hate them. I don't hate my parents by any means. I was just very angry. You know, um, like I said, you know, I mentioned earlier, my mom, she's, I hate to use the word, She's a, I don't want to say she's weak, but she's, she's somewhat, she doesn't have that tough of a backbone sometimes, I should say. But she's super strong at the same time because when it comes to this illness, so many things that have ailed my mom and she's just kept such a positive, positive, positive attitude the entire time. Nothing I could ever do, ever. Like when she was getting ready to have her open heart surgery, um, was it open heart surgery? She had blockages. I don't know if it was open heart surgery, but she had heart surgery. I don't want to put a surgery on her that she didn't have, but I'm not a medical person. So I know she had heart surgery. Bypass. Maybe it was bypass. I think that's what it is. Whatever. Anyway, um, she was just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. You know, it was literally no big deal. It's just, she had so much faith in God. She had so much faith that everything was going to be fine. That it wasn't anything. Everybody else was just like, we would be freaking out, flipping out. But my mom was like, eh, no big deal. So that's one of the things I love about my mom. It's just her positive attitude. And she's so bubbly. And everybody loves my mom because she is. She's a sweet woman. And she's adorable. You know, she's small, little, and petite. And just really sweet and just, you know, has a great sweet presence about her. But um, she... She was she was really timid and quiet around my dad because my dad was this loud, booming, overbearing individual, you know. And then my dad, though, on the other hand, was just the life of the party. Everybody loved my dad. My dad had two sides, you know, out in public. He was this fun-loving guy and everybody loved him and 
he was amazing but you know and at home he was just this angry guy not saying he was always angry but you know he just he wasn't that person always when we were at home and there were plenty of times where I was terrified of my dad because I didn't know what he was going to do he never hit me or anything like that he'd hit me here and there but not like uh, at all because I, if I did something wrong you know he would do it but nothing like um abuse wise I would say but uh she you know she, my mom never really she didn't stand up for me you know in times like when my like I said my dad liked to scream and yell and my mom never really did anything about it you know she never stopped him you know when he was giving us me or my sister these like hour-long lectures just because my dad had so much pent-up anger and he needed to take it out on somebody so if my sister or myself did something wrong he would just be sitting there screaming at you forever and it was just I just thinking about it it's like it's exhausting just thinking about because it's like why would you sit here and yell at me for so long like what did you think that was gonna accomplish but, you know, I realized my dad had issues and he had anger issues. And he just, unfortunately, I was the one who got the brunt end of that, you know. So he was constantly yelling at me and constantly screaming at me. And it, like, broke me down as a kid. But I, the one thing that I made sure to do was I never gave him the satisfaction of seeing me cry. I never wanted him to see that. So I would always just sit there and tough it out. And then the minute I'd go to my room, once he was done, I'd, you know, fall to pieces. But... Because I, I didn't want to give him that satisfaction. I just, I remember always having this like war in my head when he was screaming at me. Be like, okay, don't cry. He's not going to get the satisfaction of seeing it. I'm not going to let him know that he broke me down. He doesn't, it's not, I don't care. I'm not going to do it. Now my mom and my sister figured once, because he would take it out on my mom and sister too. It was just more so me. But um, my mom and my sister figured if they started crying, it caused him to stop quicker and I would never do that. And I guess it may be a dead, but I would never do it. Um, but, you know, my mom never stepped in, you know, if he was doing those lectures or things like that. And I remember one time, though, my mom kind of manipulated me because I had my report card had just come in and it wasn't the greatest and I was supposed to go hang out with a friend and then we had I had some other friends and not a town and I had already made plans with another friend of mine from school and we were supposed to go to this like indoor kind of amusement park type thing and instead of going out of town with my one friends where they lived um, my mom kind of manipulated me and she's like well your dad hasn't seen your report card so you might want to go with your friend you know you might want to go with them so you're not in the house so I remember she manipulated a situation like that and I was like what the heck mom when I think back on it I was like well geez so there was a manipulation that went on not that it wasn't good manipulation because it's true had I stayed home my dad probably would have screamed my head off if he saw my report card because I just was not good in school <laughs> but um yeah like, there was a lot of resentment there with my mom because, you know, she didn't stop it. She never got up and said, no, you know what, this is enough. You don't need to yell at them. You don't need to scream at them like this. You don't need to talk to her that way. You're not going to do this. But I know a lot of it was because my mom was scared of him, too, because he was. My dad was scary. And you never knew what he was going to do. He was just a very volatile person. And... 
So, you know, there's a resentment there for my mom for not protecting me. And then there's the resentment there for my dad for treating me that way. And, you know, you just, you grow up. I grew up with this whole host of unhealthy coping mechanisms. Like if anybody said they needed to talk to me, I ran. I literally would run. I'd figure out every excuse to not talk to you. It didn't matter what it was. If somebody was like, I need to talk to you later. It made me terrified. And it didn't matter if they told me, oh, it's nothing bad, it's nothing bad. It scared the crap out of me. And I, you know, so I ran from conflict. I ran from any confrontation. I ran from everything because I was scared. And, you know, that's not a good coping mechanism. And I don't... I was terrible at approaching people. I was terrible at telling people how I felt about anything. Um, Both of my parents, though, were very good gaslighters. They both were... They never validated my feelings. They never let me know that what I was feeling was okay. So, you know, that was one of the things that my therapist helped me on, you know, unravel was the fact that I don't understand feelings because I never got a chance to understand that mine were correct. You know, that I was, I was right for feeling the way I felt. Like if something upset me, my parents would tell me, no, you shouldn't be, you, you can't be upset about that. Don't be upset about that. Instead of saying, okay, you know, validating the way I felt like, I'm sorry that you're feeling that way or... You know, I see why you feel like that. It was never anything like that. It was always, you're wrong. You're wrong for feeling that way. So I just, I stopped feeling. You know, I just kind of became this cold, sullen individual where I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't feel. So that's been something that's been hard for me too, is learning to feel and learning to understand feelings. So, um... But yeah, so like I was saying, you know, my parents, they just, it's a lot. (laughs) I'm definitely going to talk about a lot of things with my parents. I know I just kind of like open-ended left that a little bit, but it's a lot with my parents. And they have, because they're a huge defining factor in my life and they have caused me a whole host of issues. And (laughs) I don't, I know it sounds like I'm blaming them, but I'm just trying to speak from the root of the problem. But, you know, there is the blame that I do put on them. And then at the same time, though, you know, I, I am taking responsibility now for my own actions and the things that I do. I have the understanding of where this pain comes from and why it is the way that it is. Now I have to do something about it. That's what... I am trying to do now and that's why I'm doing the podcast and that's why because it's almost therapy for me because I know there's probably people out there who will understand and can relate to my upbringing and my situation and that's what you know that's what I want to do so with that being said you know I I don't have all the answers I'm not fixed a hundred percent I don't even want to say I'm about 50% fixed, but I'm on the road to fixing myself as much as I can be fixed and just constantly fixing and working on myself. Um, 
And that's what I want to do. And I want to inspire people on the way because this is a healing journey for me. And maybe others can get on this healing bandwagon with me because it is a great thing. I just know when my therapist and she helped me unravel, you know, and everything that I had, it literally was like that weight that I said that I felt it just felt like it was lifted because it was like there was a face to the name there was there was something to say that this was wrong with me that i could understand and really put a grasp uh, you know i could grasp hold of what it was that was wrong and that yes there's something bothering me and i'm not crazy right this isn't just coming out of nowhere it just it felt so good to be able to understand that so <sighs> I'm hoping maybe I can provide clarity to people. Who knows? But as more episodes come out and more things happen, we'll see. Because this is all just a big journey that we're all on and I'm on. And hopefully others will join in and we'll see where it goes. But I'm going to sign off here now and I'll be back later. But this was just the first episode. And I hope maybe the next one will be a little bit more smoother. Or I felt like this wasn't too, too bad. But we'll see what happens next time. Thanks for listening.